0: So we're having a, a sermon about praise, so we're going to warm up right now and praise him for that music, praise him for the prayer. We're going to praise him about the music. and the... <laughs> I guarantee you guys are going to be awake after this message. Um, I am on my like fifth cup of coffee, so I'm good. I'm good. So if you are new here... Or just joining us occasionally. My name is Dustin. I'm one of the pastors here. I have a love of coffee and I have a love of Jesus. So this is a very good mix of me to be a part of. But you've joined us on our very first week of our brand new sermon series, a series called Thanks. Make sure if you missed our little intro video, you show up to church a little bit early next week so you can see what it's all about. But the world right now is getting ready to give thanks. This is a time of month where people are really nice to each other, they'll say thank you a little more often, that is until a couple days before Thanksgiving when grandma's running over everyone in the supermarket because she forgot to pick up vegetables for stuffing and then everything's out the window. But the stores are flying the merchandise of the plaques of thankful, grateful, blessed. And so of course around this time of year we want to have a sermon series that showcases that. Now, this series is about learning to live in thanks in real life. And I love that phrase, real life, because that's, that's what we're in. That's the midst of everything right now. How do we learn how to give thanks when we don't know how to? Or when things aren't happening, we always thought they would. Or thanks, even in the midst of the tough times. How do we say thanks in all these different real life experiences that we go through in our everyday walk? Well, the message I'm going to give today is a message called Thanks When Something Big Happens. How we are to give thanks when our prayers have been answered. How we are to give thanks when what we've been praying for this whole time actually comes to fruition. So thanks when something big happens. And I want to key in on a word right there. Yes, thanks is important, but I'll just say when something big happens. We have a big God. We have a God that's in control. And I truly believe that it's not if God will answer our prayers, but it's going to be when he answers our prayers. Can I get an amen for that? Are we here? So, I need us to get ready as an individual, as a church, as a group, as a family, to learn what do we do when the big thing happens? What do we do? How do we act? What's going on as we give thanks? I believe one of the best ways we can give thanks is in praise. And not just any kind of praise, when we're singing out to Him, when we're singing His glorious name and singing about what he's done in our lives. So we got a message about praise today. Like I started with today, I need some interaction today. I need some excitement. I need some hooting and hollering and clapping. This is a message about praise. So I'm going to try to work with something that I've had to work on in my own life a lot. I'm not taking you down some road that has been easy for me to show an outward expression of praise has been a little tough for me because I'm a quiet person. So, we're doing this together and seeing what God can do. Yeah. So, we have a big God. We have a God that's in control. We have a good, we have a great God. But that doesn't mean that life, real life, doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that we don't face our struggles of our own. It doesn't mean that some of us in those very seats are facing giants that we don't think we can get around. But what I do believe is that God has reasons for everything and that God is in control. So whether he's answering your prayer right now or he's working behind the scenes to later reveal himself in some amazing way, we can't say when, but I know that God will make something good out of something you're going through. And when that time comes, I want us to get ready for the praise that is going to happen. I want to thank him when something big does happen. So if you guys can stand with me, we're going to read from a memory verse today. We're going to be going through this psalm for the next three weeks, and I encourage you guys, save this in your Bible app, highlight it, write it down in your Bible, circle it, Use these words for the next three weeks and beyond to really bring thanks into our lives and what it means. So in Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5, it says, Enter his gates with thanks. Enter his courtyards with praise. Thank him. Bless his name, because the Lord is good. His loyal love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you, and we're just in awe of what you're able to do. And I ask you to just be in this place. Let our guard down. Soften our hearts. Let's just focus on you. Don't focus around the people around us. So let's have this time, an immediate relationship with you, Lord. We want this time to be special, so we dedicate ourselves to you. Open our hearts, open our minds. Let these words jump off the page. It may mean something new, but Lord, just work within us today. We're thankful for you. It's your name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Now, I love Psalm 100. It says some amazing things of how and why we do the way we do in thanks. It says, "Enter his gates with thanks." Enter his courtyards with praise. We are now able to see that thanks and praise, they go hand in hand. They go together, you see. These are a beautiful relationship of something that we can do. Some of us only hear praise and we just think of music. It's so much deeper than that. It's so much more. When we praise him, we are having a direct conversation thanking God. And what better way to do that when something big happens? But we're in a, a time in our lives where there seems to be not enough time in our everyday walk. That we've been praying for something to happen in our lives and our families' lives. Day after day we pray. And God actually answers that prayer. And the expression, and I'm guilty of this, of what happens after a prayer being answered. Thanks. And I go on with my life. That tone, that much time. Thanks. Or sometimes we get so busy, because we we love to be busy, that we're walking through, we've been praying, we're so busy going to our job, dealing with our kids, going to the store, doing all these things, worrying about everything that we're walking along, a prayer gets answered, and we're so busy that we're just like, we'll come back to it later, God. But I, I, I think he answered that prayer, thank you. We're just so busy, we're forgetting how to actually give praise to the one that deserves it all. And why we give praise in the ways we do. So I want to turn to one of my favorite books in the Bible to see how a group of people praised him and gave thanks after one of the most amazing acts of something big happening. So if you guys can turn to chapter 15. We're going to be here right in this section, but I want to paint a picture first to get us there. This is the book of Exodus, where the Israelites, they had been taken under slavery in their own land, and now here they are, being worked to the bone, pretty much forgotten about. Yes, even killed. They're here being slaves to what's going on. Day after day, they pray, and they pray and they pray, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait. They waited on God to deliver something big in their lives. And in chapter 2 of Exodus, we see the Israelites continue to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. The Israelites were praying. They were pleading to him. Please come into our lives. We need this. We're not supposed to be like this, God. What's going on? And God's in control. He's working behind the scenes. He has been with them every single step of the way. And we see that in Exodus chapter 3 as we continue backtracking. God is talking to Moses. He says, Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people of Israel out of Egypt. Everything at this moment that we've caught up on, everything seemed dark and bleak. They had been praying and they had been waiting. God had put his plan in action long before this. But now he is getting ready for the big thing that is about to happen. The ones that stayed faithful, he is about to reveal himself of what he is able to do. And so, he sent Moses to Pharaoh. And God, through Moses, unleashed these plagues. This is a story most of us are very familiar with. Plague after Plague until Pharaoh had enough. and He's like, I'm done with this. Just go, be free, go away. I don't want to see you anymore. And so the Israelites, for the first time, stepped back out into freedom. They started walking into this wilderness, thinking that the big had already happened. But they still went through with their everyday lives. They kept walking until God went back to Pharaoh and he said, you know what? Why don't you go get them after all? And so Pharaoh's like, cool, let's do this. He sends this gigantic army full of chariots and soldiers, and they go storming after the Israelites. So the Israelites are facing this huge body of water, looking at their almost freedom, and they hear footsteps and yelling and grumbling coming up behind them. And it's a group of Egyptians ready to kill them. They look at Moses and are like, what, why? Why did you bring us here? Did your GPS get broken? I thought we were supposed to be going to freedom. And then God gets ready for the big thing to happen. They walk forward to the water. He commands Moses do an act of obedience and the water splits apart for the Israelites not only does it split apart but then they are led through this now dry land to freedom and they reach the other side of the shores and the Egyptians are coming down fast furious angry And the moment that they enter right where they went, right where this ground led them to freedom, God becomes God and wipes them off to their watery grave. The big thing finally happened. Their prayer of freedom was answered. And Moses does something so beautiful right here that as soon as the Egyptians are destroyed, the water is still sloshing around. He steps up on the shore and he leads his friends and his people in a song of praise. Because he knows he wants to honor God. He wants to say thank you for doing something that only God can do. And the only way that he can think of properly showing his raw emotions is to just sing his heart out with all these people. Why does he do that? Why do we sing praise to God? Because he deserves it. Amen? He deserves so much. And what better way to thank him than with a song of praise? So we're going to focus on chapter 15 of Exodus, and you're going to follow along as I read quite a bit of verses, because this is an important part. I I hate breaking it up into certain sections, because I want you to read it for its entirety, so you have to do that at home, but I want to read chapter 15 and start with verse 1. It says, Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and army, he has hurled into the sea. The finest of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters gushed over them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, smashes the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow those who rise against you. You unleash your blazing fury. It consumes them like straw. At the blast of your breath, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood straight like a wall. In the heart of the sea, the deep waters became hard. This will continue on for 21 verses in total. This song is called the Song of Moses. Others call it the Song of the Sea. The song itself is a very holy song, made to honor God, intended to glorify His name and create a place of praise. It was not designed to magnify any man, but instead to glorify who God is and what he was able to do, to delight in him, our Savior. It was God alone that saved them. Moses wants to make sure that all eyes are not focusing on him for what he did in this moment. Instead, he wants all their eyes fixated on God. So he lifts them up in this amazing praise so they can sing about all the things they just saw and experienced. When something big happens, we praise him and being in the middle of everything. We thank him for being in our lives and what he's able to accomplish. See, music played a huge role in the, the history of Israel's celebrations. We see it time and time again, how they record songs and just lift them up in a beautiful tone. Singing was an expression of, of love and thanks. The song was to thank him. Because their prayers had just been answered. The mood of this song is of triumph, of strength, of victory. I want you to go there with me right now. Imagine you're one of these Israelites where you've been stuck in a land where you'd been promised so much more in your lives. You've been beaten down time and again. And you finally get to hear that you're going to freedom. And you stand in front of this impossible way to pass through, this body of water. And God's majesty miraculously just pushes it from side to side. And you are walking on dry ground where moments ago it was just liquid. How shocked you must be as you continue walking until you reach what must seem like the longest walk you could imagine. You get on the other side of the shores. You look back at the people that have trapped you for so long, the people that have been keeping you down, the past that is still coming right back after you. And at that moment, you see God's fury come and his glory, and it swallows them up. And you have to stand right there on the other side of the shores in this brand new sense of freedom and awe. How can you explain what you just saw? You can't put it into words. So why not sing it? Do you sense the joy and delight in these words? I want to read verses 1 and 2 again of chapter 15. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. They reach the other side of the shores. Moses has just been this instrument. No one knows what to do or say. Moses is here leading him. He's a very bashful man, and he gets to this other side of the shore. And what does he do? He praises him. He doesn't wait till it's a good time to praise him. He does it right away and right in that moment. He doesn't wait till no one else is around because he's embarrassed of how he looks or how he sounds. He doesn't shelf it to come back later because he's so busy. Sorry, God, I'm busy helping deliver these people. I'm too busy to give you praise. No, at that very moment, the moment his foot touches the other side, he gets his people ready and they break out in this random song that Moses somehow cooked up in his mind that just glorified God and all he did. Moses was so excited about God and what he did for these people and for himself. He breaks out in song. He becomes a conductor. I could just imagine what's going on. We have groups of people all gathered up. Just, okay, we'll we'll do whatever you're doing, Moses. Let's randomly sing a song. And they start singing. And he was so pumped. And the people were in such awe. We even read in verse 21 of Exodus Moses is going along with his sister Miriam. And Miriam was a prophet. Sorry, it was Aaron's sister too. And he took a tambourine and led the women as they played. She had a tambourine, of course. And so Miriam sang the song, what we just focused on, in verses 1 and 2. In verse 21, it says, Sing the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. We have guys over here. We have girls over here singing. Because, of course, like I said, she has a tambourine. You're getting... You're leaving, going into freedom. Of course, you don't want to forget your tambourine behind. So she grabs that. She's probably jumping around, flaring over here. She doesn't care what she looks like. She just wants to thank him and praise him for what's happening. They don't know the song. They're picking it up as they go. But Moses over here conducting. Crazy lady over here is doing the tambourine, being excited. But what's happening, it may look mixed up and kind of crazy, but it's also beautiful because it's such raw emotion that they're doing. They are praising him for what they had been praying for. The big thing happened, and the only way they could express themselves correctly is through this praise. What a moment that must be. And as they write this, they they do it in such a manner to make sure they record all these amazing events that just happened. Because these are unbelievable things. that only God can do, and they want to write them down so others can see. But this song was sung on a group on behalf of all of Israel praising him. We can all sing together, but Moses does something special. He makes it so personal that when he sings it, it's all from his heart and his behalf. When we read these and we thank God, we're making it so personal on our behalf. In verses 1 and 2 again, it says, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider in the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. This story is about each and every one of us, how we can learn to put the praises that's happened in our lives into our everyday words. In typical psalm-like fashion, the acts of God are written down and shown as evidences of his character, of what he is able to do. The defeat of the Egyptians is described in poetic imagery. God's deliverance is then viewed in the light of the character of God, which is demonstrated in his deliverances. We read about God's control even over nature, we're not able to see him control the wind and the waters, just how strong and powerful he can be. We're about God's sovereignty and how he's able to prevail as a mighty warrior over the Egyptians. The mightiest army that you could imagine at that time was no match for a breath of wind from our mighty God. They arrogantly pursued the Israelites, confident of their victory, but God was working behind the scenes getting ready for this to be unleashed. In verses 11 and 12, it summarizes the mighty acts of God at the Red Sea and focuses on how great he is. The greatness and goodness of God is thus recognized by the Israelites as we reflect on the victory of God's people. What an amazing moment. They sang passionately for what was going on at this time. They sang passionately of God's power, his sovereignty over the nations, and his incomparable perfection. They sang passionately of God's answered prayers. Speaking of passion, I heard this testimony a while back. It helped change some of the ways that I began to praise him. I heard of this missionary Who had been working for the Lord for many years. And she had caught the smallpox virus. At this time, there was no vaccine for this. So the writing was on the wall for her. In most cases, if you catch this, it will lead to death. Day after day, she prayed. Every hour she would drop down to her knees and pray. And God revealed Himself to her one night. He showed her a picture of this old school balance scale. And on this scale, on one side it had prayer, and the other side was labeled praise. And in this picture that He gave her, there was a large stack of prayers that began to weigh down this one side, where this very small couple papers of praise was being left in the dust up here. And he told this woman, the moment that your praises match your prayers is when you will get healed. She took that vision, and she took it to heart. For the next four days she passionately thanked the Lord. Thanked the Lord for her life that she had been a part of. Thanked the Lord for the lives she'd been able to affect and be a part of. Thanked the Lord for all she's, he's shown her over this time. Not once did she ask for prayer to be healed. She has simply praised him for being in the midst of it. And on that fourth day... She was healed. And at that very moment where her big thing happened, she dropped back down to her knees... And she sang out a song of half crying, half no one can understand what she was saying. But in her mind, she was thanking God for healing her. Thank you for the big thing that happened. Thank you for always being in my life. And the moment that she dried those tears, she then walked out the next day to the neighboring cities and continued to tell about what God was able to do in her life and what he's going to be able to do in their lives. They just have to get to know him first. You see, praise is a high expression of humble adoration for the people recognizing there's no one like our God. When we praise God, we should always bring to mind the many mercies that he's already given us. The enemies he's already triumphed and the ones yet to come. And the many times he's given us the grace to overcome our sin. Our praises should not be one giant. Gee, thanks, God. But it needs to come from the heart. We need to get passionate and take note for what he's doing in our lives. We put God at the center of our praises. Let us praise him for who he is. The incomparable majesty and power that he holds. The Lord reigns and he is amazing. Praise isn't like the caboose that follows something that happens. But it's more like the engine of a train that makes things happen. Praise is the big gun of faith. Yes. The devil wants to keep you from experiencing this moment of praise and thankfulness because he knows that the moment you begin to praise him is when the breakthrough is coming. The song of the sea was important to Israel to pass through the Red Sea. It served as a vehicle of means where they could praise God. It also provided a moment where they could record what just happened. Where we can see how great God is. Where we can see the character of God. That we have hope through God. That we have confidence in God's future and protection in our lives. This song helps us get reassurance of hope that big things will happen. That's why I want us to get ready for this praise. This song helps give us an idea of a great way to say thanks. Another point I would love to mention from this text is nowhere does it say how loud they were singing. But I can't imagine them crossing that water into their freedom and just whispering, Amazing Greece, how sweet. No, I imagine them standing up, not caring about who's around, getting on the top of their lungs, ugly singing, just going for it all, wailing their arms, doing whatever they can to praise Him. And that hits hard for me. And that hits hard for us. Because why is it we can't sing that loud with our praises? Why is it we can sing the secular music so loud and know every word, and yet when it comes to praising out loud to God, we get silent? Why is it we can be driving with windows down, bass bumping, to any song, we see our friends, we're like, yeah, what's up? But we turn on Christian music and we do the same thing and we get to the stoplight, we're like, ooh, embarrassing. I'm gonna turn this down. The fact is, the songs which we sing the loudest are the ones that we're most passionate about, the ones that come truly from our heart, that we sing from the top of our lungs. We need to shout songs of praise. This has been hard for me to understand and go through. I'm a quiet person. But about two months ago, God put this vision in my head and on my heart of something I need to follow. I need to become more bold and follow Him. And the moment that I said that, He put a song in front of me and He said, Learn the song. Sing it. So every day, I'm not going to lie, I put it on at home. I dance around. I'm singing because I'm glorifying him working in my life. I see something brand new that he's doing. And if we're supposed to sing, then I want to sing. It says, God is fighting for us. He's pushing back the darkness. It's lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will shout it out. We will shout it out. That song affected me in a way that I want to sing praises anytime something's happening in my life. We need to sing it out and praise Him. Great victories demand great songs. When you watch the Olympics and you see someone from the U.S. of A. up there, And the national anthem is playing, and you're singing and celebrating because we're proud to be Americans, and we're proud to see our country being represented, and we're singing the national anthem at the top of our lungs, or if you go to a sports venue, and your team wins a championship, not the gloat, mine wins a lot, so I'm singing, we are the champions quite a bit at the top of our lungs. Everyone's going crazy in this stadium, and yet when we come to church, we fall silent and we fall flat. You're sitting in seats where you gain salvation, eternal life. You gain freedom. We need to be singing louder than anyone else has ever heard and giving the praises that he deserves. So I need to know, has God done something in someone's life in here? We've spent 30 minutes going over praise. I'm going to ask that again. Has God done something in someone's life in here? I'm not asking for me. I want that freedom for you because you are finally letting go and letting God hear this praise that he's deserved for so long. This song was recorded so that we can open it up and learn what it means to give thanks and why we do so. So I want to be singing this next song so loudly that it's recorded down in your journal or your diary, whatever it is, That November 10th, I was changed for the better, and I let go. And we're going to be singing at the top of our lungs. We're going to be ugly crying and singing. Our hands are going to be up. Some people will be down here on their knees. Other people will be walking around, but I want it. So when we leave church, those houses out there who are getting ready for lunch walk outside, and they're like, what is going on over there? And we walk out, and we say, oh, sorry. We're just celebrating Jesus, answering our prayers, and being in our lives. We praise the worship, we praise to lift them up, we praise to say thank you, we praise to let others know who God is, we praise him today. I want breakthrough, I want us to get in this spirit of what it means to just step up and not care what people think and put our hands up wherever we are. I want you to be that person at your office who is nervously sitting by the phone twitching because you have a sickness and you've been waiting for this phone call and the phone finally rings and it's your doctor and you saying, guess what, great news, you're in remission. And she's so giddy and excited that she puts down her phone and she doesn't know what to do because she's scared about what other people are gonna say. I want that lady to get up on her chair and to say thank you, Jesus, for what you did in my life. I want other people to hear about it. I want people to be in the supermarket and get a phone call from your kid to say, guess what, mom and dad, just got into college, the thing that you've been praying for for your kids for so long so in the middle of the superwalk, you're doing the moon dance or whatever you want, just thanking Jesus any crazy way you can for what he had done for your children's life and in your life. We need to get to this point to be fine with praise because we are truly thanking him from our hearts for all that he's done. I'm ready for this next step. I'm ready to move forward as an individual and as a church. I know there's some people that are ready to get on board, so I'm going to ask to close up in prayer. If you guys can pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being in our lives. God, I know there's someone in here that's, ready to do this next step with you, someone that's fallen from a distance from you, someone that's ready to just proclaim his faith, And I ask them to just say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into my life.
1: You are my Lord and Savior.
0: I know you came here and you died on my behalf. You took my sins so that I may be whole. And you rose again after three days. May you use that same strength to keep me from going back to that old me. Change my heart. Be my King of kings and Lord of lords. Friends, have you said that? You've just stepped foot through the door of the beginning of the promises of when the big thing happens. But it doesn't stop there just because you said it. Now it's on us to respond. We're going to have another song. We're going to have prayer team. We're going to have this moment where this message shows if God was in your heart or not. So I want us up on our feet. I want us celebrating. I want people down here on their knees thanking God, crying out to him. I want people singing. Everyone in here, I don't care if it's uncomfortable. I just sang on stage, and I stink at singing. So you can sing. I want to just shout it out. I want your hands to be up. I want you to walk through the rest of this week praising him for something new that he's doing each and every day. Even if it's not showing immediately, he is working. So let's thank him for the big things that happened. Thank him for being God. And thank you for the response that's going to happen because we're going to praise him like it's nobody's business right now. Amen?